Listen, buddy, if you're looking for the Diet Frozen Yogurt Bar, it went out of business last summer. Actually, I'm looking for a Batman number 14. and Comics Podcast. I am your host, the constantly caffeinated Clinton Robison. This is a podcast where I try to talk about a particular comic story or related media in the span of coffee break. We've got a doozy this time around because it's once again time for a blog slash podcast team up event we like to call Best Event Ever. Last year, several of us got together and covered a variety of parts of the Bloodlines crossover. Granted, many of us did this as a bit of an April Fool's Day prank, with some coverage serious and some, like mine on the Coffee and Comics blog, going full satire. This year, however, we're not joking around quite so much. It's 2017, so we're looking back 25 years to the 1992 crossover event from DC Comics, Eclipso, The Darkness Within. I'm the lucky ducky who ended up with the flashbook, so let's pour an extra cup of coffee, because this is an annual, people, and I'll try to get through this as quickly as I can. Flash annual number five. Writers were Mark Wade and Craig Boldman. Pencils by Travis Charest. Inks by Dan Davis with Scott Hanna and John Lowe. Colors by Matt Hollingsworth. Letters by Tim Arkins. Edits by Brian Augustine. We start off with Wally West running back and forth between Keystone City and Central City, one night as he reminds us about when Barry Allen was the Flash and how all that changed. You know, DC History 101. While out and about, Wally comes across a potential robbery by the Trickster. The usual hero-villain scuffle ensues, but Trickster escapes with the aid of Weather Wizard. Later, we see Wally and his pal Chunk talking while Chunk works on a new experiment. Something goes awry, Wally has to save Chunk from some sort of sci-fi existential mumbo-jumbo. I'm not really exactly sure why it goes down, to tell you the truth. Really, this is just furthering the plot that Chunk and Wally are totally BFFs. Anyway, we're reminded of Chunk's powers to basically be matter-eater lad because of the black hole thing in his stomach. The two reassure each other that they'll always look out for each other. The soundtrack would probably play Stand By Me at this point, and we move on. Elsewhere, we see Captain Boomerang paying for his snacks at a local movie theater. The rogues, or at least Boomerang, Trickster, and Weather Wizard, are here because they have been summoned to a special meeting. Golden Glider waltzes in and introduces her new associate, Chillblain, a potential replacement for Captain Cold and her current boy toy. Glider is suspicious of all of them because she still doesn't know who had her committed to the asylum, but either way, she explains that she wants them all to work together on a museum heist. They're going to steal a black diamond. They plan for the heist to go down on Tuesday. 
Chunk and Wally plan to hit up an all-you-can-eat rib joint on Monday. Between Wally's enhanced metabolism requiring enormous amounts of calories and Chunk's potentially bottomless stomach, yeah. But these plans are interrupted by Chill Blaine, who kidnaps Wally from his home. In a bit of a semi-comedic reveal, we see that Boomer, Trickster, and Weather Wizard all decide to rob the museum a day early and take the diamond for themselves. As they come across the prize, Chill Blaine and Golden Glider step out from hiding, having suspected the other rogues to double-cross them. Glider kisses each of the three in turn. She asks Chill Blaine to not be jealous because she has actually poisoned the others. She says that whoever brings her the diamond will get the antidote. Of course, that sets the three to fighting amongst themselves. Boomerang gets the case holding the diamond, but the case is attached to a boot that is currently around Flash's foot, inhibiting his speed. His speed is slowed, but not removed, so Wally takes the case and dashes away while the three poisoned rogues pursue him. The three rogues continue to cause each other trouble as much as they try to stop Flash. Meanwhile, Chillblain says he doesn't much understand the plan. Glider informs him that it all makes perfect sense, although it's hard to explain when the voices in her head get too loud, so she needs a Tylenol. Elsewhere, Chunk gets no response from Wally's house, but he does get a mysterious phone call in his car. Back at the museum, Wally and the rogues, who manage to somewhat work together, clash. Golden Glider shows Chillblaine the real black diamond they came to steal. They open a bottle of wine, or is it champagne, to celebrate, but Glider decides she'd rather make out, and possibly more. Trickster tries to saw off Wally's leg to get the boot off, but Wally knocks him away and instead saws through the boot at super speed. They all fight over the case with the diamond in it, but quickly realize it's actually a bomb. Wally rushes just far enough away to not cause any problems. The three rogues direct Wally to where Glider and Chillblaine are at, and Wally rushes in, probably mere moments before Glider's pants come off. However, he manages to roll his ankle and get taken down by Chillblaine. Glider says to just kill Flash and be done with it, but Chillblaine can't kill him cold blood. Not my pun, blame Mark Wade. Glider, enraged that Chillblaine won't follow her orders, becomes possessed by Eclipso through the power of the Black Diamond. Unleashing the powers of Eclipso upon him, she more or less disintegrates Chillblaine. Eclipso Glider takes on Flash while the other three rogues skulk her away. As the battle moves outdoors, we see Chunk in the background, meeting with a mystery man, who reveals some sort of information to Chunk. Wally notices Chunk a few moments later and asks for help, to which Chunk merely ignores Wally's pleas. The betrayal angers Wally enough for the powers of Eclipso to transfer, and now Wally is the one possessed. Eclipso Flash zooms off, Chunk gets in his car and drives away, and the poison rogues go in search of somebody who can help their current condition. Meanwhile, Golden Glider, her head still reeling from the ordeal, comes across the remains of Chillblaine's costume and mourns her lost lover. A jar of peanuts rolls into the scene and she opens them, unaware of the trick that James Jesse has left for her. Alrighty, let's take a promo break here and I'll be back with my thoughts on this issue and the crossover as a whole. Star Trek Comic books, mythology, video games, toys, 
Star Wars. Just about any geeky topic you can think of could be covered on the Hammer Podcast, presented by two true freaks. Come join me, Gene Hendricks, for whatever my disjointed mental processes can come up with. And be careful, or you might just learn something before we're done. The Hammer Podcast is available monthly, both on its own iTunes feed and at twotruefreaks.com. Welcome back. The Eclipso crossover was an event that involved Eclipso trapped on the moon, potentially swaying many of Earth's heroes to his side through the use of the Black Diamonds. Much like the event the previous year, Armageddon 2001, this story started with a bookend issue, ran through multiple annuals, and then ended with another bookend issue. This issue is technically part 8 of the crossover, but to my knowledge there is really no need to read them in any order, provided you start with Eclipse of the Darkness Within number 1, and end with Eclipse of the Darkness Within number 2. Why do I keep specifying the title instead of just saying Eclipse 1 or 2? Well, that's because this crossover was popular enough for Eclipso to get his own self-titled series afterward. Also spinning out of this crossover was Valor, a comic featuring the 20th century adventures of Daxamite Largand. Also, this event ended a series, Starman, as, 25-year-old spoiler, the titular character dies in the finale of this crossover. Okay, so as for the Flash annual... It's okay, I guess. Kind of a fair to middling story overall. I honestly get the feeling Wade's heart just wasn't in it. Much like the Armageddon 2001 Flash Annual, it kind of feels like Wade has his own plans for Wally's overall story and really doesn't like being interrupted. Hence the need to include the Wally Chunk subplot so heavily and featuring the rogues as more of a comic relief section. There are two things to take note of here. Wally does end up as one of Eclipso's pawns, as that is important for the ending chapter of the crossover, and this is the first, and last, appearance of Chillblain 1. Why is Chillblain 1 important? Well, in the Armageddon 2001 Flash Annual, we were introduced to a future Chillblain listed as the fourth one. Yes, the fourth Chillblain appeared a year before the first Chillblain. Even then, we were told that Glider had a habit of going through chill planes, so maybe Wade was foreshadowing what his plans were for the future. The art is pretty indicative of the era. Nothing amazing to note, it's pretty much Flash standard for the time, as we're getting to the era where Wally's costume is getting further and further from Barry's. I like Wally's costume, with the exception of how curvy things always look. But I get how they wanted Wally to be expressive, even while in the mask, so I can mostly forgive how goofy he looks at times. The colors really pop when they need to in this issue, and stay muted and dark as appropriate. You can easily follow where, and especially when, scenes are set. It's a major plus, believe me. Overall, it's not my favorite piece of this crossover, but I have a habit of not really enjoying the Flash crossovers as much. Maybe it's because Wade has his own plans for Wally, or maybe these parts just, pardon the pun, slow down the overall story. Oh well, can't all be winners, even when they aren't losers. 
I'm going to take another quick break, and we'll be back with feedback in Espresso Yourself. Justice League International, Blah Ha Ha Podcast, a new monthly show chronicling the adventures of the JLI era by Keith Giffen and J.M. DeMatteis. We'll be going issue by issue, in release order, tackling the core Justice League title, Justice League Europe, and the quarterly book. Along the way, we'll take time out for special episodes covering various spin-offs, cartoon appearances, the infamous TV pilot, and much more. So join me in an ever-changing roster of guest hosts as we celebrate your favorite JLI members, such as... Martian Manhunter Batman Doctor Fate Black Canary Fire Ice Maxwell Lord Oberon Captain Marvel Rocket Red Captain Adam Mr. Miracle Guy Gardner Booster Gold Blue Beetle Nort And many, many more. Justice League International Blahaha Podcast Coming March 2016 as part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Want to make something of it? Okay, so here we are with Espresso Yourself, the part where I read all your feedback. I'm afraid we didn't get a whole lot of feedback on the last episode, but that's okay. No new iTunes reviews, but on the actual episode... Uh, Chris N. on Twitter says that he agrees that Australian Wolverine is just plain weird. And Not Guano Man says he actually preferred Pride of the X-Men to the 90s series. So I guess it just proves that there are a variety of tastes out there and everybody has their favorites. Or as they li- some people like to put it, something is always somebody's favorite. Well, for not getting a whole lot of direct feedback, we did get several favorites and retweets on Twitter. Uh, If I missed anybody or say anybody's name wrong, please let me know. Uh, We got favorites and retweets from Comics in the Golden Age, Ryan Daly of It's Midnight and Batman Nightcast Podcasts, Cash Flag, Joe Crawford, Joe Mulvey, Dr. G. Nerdologist of the Pulped Pixel Podcast, Scott Hensel, Captain Marvel 75. I can already tell I'm going to say this one wrong, so please forgive me. Glenn Nutuhil. Uh, Walker at AZ Titan Ranger. David C. Otero. Trekker Talk. Longbox Crusade. Ray at the Ray Awakens. Ray LaMarca. Not Guano Man. Chris and Professor Frenzy, both of Bat Books for Beginners. Warlord Worlds, Superman Movie Minute, the new podcast from the Fire and Water Network, Graffiti is Art, and Alex Sog. Over on Facebook, we got likes and shares from The Longbox Crusade, Greg Arujo, Pat Sampson, and Nicholas Prom. If you want more best event ever coverage of Eclipso, The Darkness Within, be sure to check out the various blogs and podcasts from such people as... The Idle Head of Diablo, Relatively Geeky, Cosmic Treadmill, For the Non-Discerning Reader, I'm the Gun, Chris on InfiniteEarths.com, Diana Prince Wonder Woman Podcast, and The Retroist. Or just search up hashtag best event ever. Alright, so I think that's going to do it for this time around. Thank you all for joining me. Sorry we went so quickly. But, as you know... We try to go through these things with enough speed to drink your coffee and move along. 
So, hopefully everyone had a good time. We will be back again with another review of another comic. As always, I do this for entertainment purposes only. I do not own any of the associated media that are featured in this podcast. And if you would like to get in touch with us for any sort of feedback, you can leave us a review on iTunes. You can visit the podcast website, coffeeandcomicspodcast.blogspot.com. You can shoot us an email, coffeeandcomicspodcast at gmail.com. Or just plain old follow us on Twitter, coffeeandcomicsblg. So until next time, we do appreciate you listening, and just come on back where the comics are never too old and the coffee is never too cold. Stop with the flash puns.